Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by Paymaya. If you're not familiar with what Paymaya is, listen up, guys. Paymaya is a free mobile wallet app available on iOS and Android, so everyone can get Paymaya. And get this, if you download the app, you better be using our code WWPAYMAYA. Once again, that is WWPAYMAYA. You'll get 50 pesos on us for free just when you download the app. In this time of social distancing, you can securely pay for your groceries, your bills, and even send money to your loved ones in a non-contact and cashless way. And I think that's the type of innovation we all need in this new normal. So remember, don't pay cash, pay Maya. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zeta Zang. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. Hey, this is TJP, the Phil and Flash, and you are listening to Stan, Bro, Chino, and Camos on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> are watching and listening to the longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You got Stan C, you got Ro Moran, you got Chino Liao. Still no Raf Camus because reasons. So if you'd like to send him some love and some good vibes, you know where to reach him. It is at Caveman Camus. How's it going, fellas? Uh, nice virtual background as usual, Ro. Oh, hey, no man. Oh, hey, no man. Uh, I, could, I could actually find a really good background, so I had to stick with uh, Randy Orton RKOing Shawn Michaels, aka a homeless uh, a homeless Orlando native. Uh, I'm sorry I stole your thunder, though. I didn't know you. Were, I didn't know you wanted this either. No, no, don't worry about it. I thought okay. about it like ten minutes before I hopped on Streamyard. Okay, lang yan row episode naman to, eh. <laughs> Good point. Yes. We'll talk about that later. We'll get to that later. No, we na kami ng guest, guys. Guinness na lang namin yung sarili namin. But, <laughs> 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 no, you know, not for lack of trying. Not for lack no, of not, trying. no, I didn't say that. I just said, Guinness na lang namin yung sarili natin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, next week, next week. People might want to know. We, we did actually try to get... No, we are people. trying still, right? Yeah, we still process, are trying, yeah, yeah. Process of trying. Pag wala, next week, Stan C on Mr. C. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, you already had two episodes. We had two episodes just one. Chinaho? Chino. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure how many episodes uh Chino's had for himself. Uh but you know we we've uh oh, no no yeah we have had Chino on for like uh two episodes all about him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When you first oh, guessed yeah. it all those years yeah, ago, like pre- how you know how yeah. we became yeah, friends. That, that was one, and then what was the second one? 
Ask PWR questions. I guess. No, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that and when you first became a reviewer for the PWR show. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, sure. Okay, okay. Sigue, Yeah. Anyway, so we have a lot to talk about aside from the obvious thing that we plugged for this week, that being um, Sandata officially unmasking, road dissecting all that, and you know breaking it down for you on the podcast. But before we get to that, uh, we have a couple of regulars who are already asking for our thoughts on certain things in the world of wrestling. So we're gonna start with we're gonna start with Sonya and Mandy. How about that? Uh, let's yeah, start with this. Yeah. yeah, this news that came out over the last uh, twenty four hours. Na uh, there was an attempted kidnapping, by Sonya Deville, and uh, more details came out, and we found out that Mandy Rose was in the same house, and that Sonya and Mandy both. Uh, ran away. Basically, the uh, the person who attempt- attempted the kidnapping already knows where Sonia Deville lives, and it's very very creepy uh, when, when details emerge. Just you know how how this all is going to go down, or how this it's, all went down. The guy ha- apparently has been stalking Sonia Deville uh, through social media for a good almost a year, I think, probably more. So he really is. At first, his interactions with Sonia Deville, uh, real life Daria Berenato, uh, were casual. Right? They were just—he was showing support for Sonia. Sonia was acknowledging it. Um, but according to reports I've read, at a certain point in their interaction, the guy badly turned hostile for one reason or another, and it led to this. And it's unfortunate, you know, that fandom gets to. Like nowadays, and I'm just gonna jump into my thoughts here. Nowadays, it's it's great that we have such close interactions with uh, wrestlers that we admire, right? through social media, from one point or another. Right? you get you get uh, cameos and twitters and Instagram messages from from guys you look up to, right? and some of them even become your friends. And that's great. But then on the, on the other hand, uh, it's unfortunate that there are still people out there who have to take it uh, too far. Uh, don't know where the boundaries are for these things. Uh, the, the weird part is, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but we always tell people whenever uh, WWE comes to town that please don't hang out, you know, at the hotel or at the airport or at the gym, wherever they may be. And now you know that this is exactly why we say that. This is why we tell you to leave them the fuck alone. Because one of those, uh, you know, something that could seem so harmless when it comes to following people could just as easily be, uh, could just go overboard like that. So you got to leave these guys alone because they are not here. Maybe, Maybe there was something wrong with the way uh this dude you know perceived life maybe there's something wrong with his head and all that i don't want to judge but uh going by the thing but going by the sound of it but uh there's something not right up in there as well um i just hope that this comes as a as a lesson to other people who think that they could um that they're entitled to some of their favorite superstars time and uh uh privacy if you will Yeah, um, like you said, Ro, it's really unfortunate that all of this is happening 
Um, I think there was another memo that came out recently lang na WWE has, uh, has, has declared that they're no longer allowing fans to get physical with the wrestlers during meet and greet opportunities. Uh, to which I say it's about damn time that they actually did it. Uh, it's about damn time that they enforced such a rule because uh, some fans can get creepy. And there are so many examples, really timeless examples of, of wrestlers getting too touchy-feely with the wrestlers they get to interact. I mean, yung, yung shaking hands okay pa yun eh. Right? Because that, that's polite, diba? Even though it's not standard in every culture in the world. Pero yung, uh, so, so, for some people, like for Bailey, diba? It's her gimmick to hug people. And for some people, they ask, can I hug you, right? And then there are people who look, who, who really make the wrestlers feel uncomfortable. Like there's this picture of Alexa Bliss getting hugged from behind by a fan at a WrestleMania access event. Sobrang creepy nung picture. Sobrang kawawa din ni Alexa Bliss. And you know na hindi rin siya makagalaw. But that guy probably just wanted like a prom picture. But you know, there, there have to be boundaries. And the reason why these boundaries have to exist is because people ruined it for everyone else. You get what I mean? Like, um, it, it, it's the problem with, ano, um, with, with certain rules that piss us off. More often than not, they exist because there were people who necessitated the establishment of such rules. Yeah, you're right. Totally right. Uh, you can say that uh, there was probably consent, but at that point, who are the wrestlers to say no to these fans until uh, there is such a rule that would you know, protect them from uh, this invasion of personal space, right? Chaka, you mentioned, you mentioned Bailey's gimmick, the hugger gimmick that she became known for. She actually, at one point, just totally dropped hugging non-children or adults. Not children, adults. But she just only she only started doing the gimmick to kids wearing wear her uh, merch. So, para point in time, we see how people can absolutely abuse something so innocent, and it sucks because it ruins it for everybody else. There are people out there who want to enjoy innocent gimmicks still, and then there are others out there who think they are entitled to the wrestler's person and personal space. And it's it shouldn't be the case, guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Totally true. Yeah, dunek si simula yung ane. Like I, I hate to bring up sexual harassment, but remember when we had uh Jemerlin and Jackie on the podcast, uh sinasabi ni Jackie na pyramid uh, of behaviors where it just escalates and escalates. Um, it starts with it's, it starts with not respecting other people's personal space, and then you know as as these behaviors get normalized, uh, that's what leads people to to push certain boundaries and think now, oh yeah, it's okay if I do this, it's okay if I do that. And dito or I'm gonna shoot my shot. That's another very problematic um, uh, mentality that you apply in this in this situation, right? Yeah, totally right. Totally right. So yeah, um, I want to move out of her home as soon as possible because, you know, this guy already knows where she lives. And even worse, the news article that initially reported this incident pretty much outed the location of her home. Yeah. So she really galing, needs to change, uh, to change addresses. Nobody has, nobody has to, uh, you know, uh, state where, where the address is. Is this some, some low-rent uh, dirt sheet? No, no, some local newspaper. Local newspaper, yeah. No, the problem with local newspapers kasi, is they report, um, the report usually only exists within the immediate vicinity of the paper. 
it just so happens that Sonya Deville is a known wrestling personality. So, syempre, kakalat yung report, diba? Despite not being the initial intent for. Now, it's an unfortunate side effect, to be sure. Yes, and she does have to move out. Diba? Nobody expected na, na popular person yung ma, ma, ma be BNE, eh. but then it happens, and so that's just what you have to deal with. Yep. Yeah, Jackie Arias pointing out on the comment section that it was the uh, Tampa Bay Times. You're correct. I just uh, fact checked. So yeah, uh, shame on you, Tampa Bay Times. Uh, well, yeah, but yeah. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Times yeah. didn't know na ah okay, b- b- blow up para to. <laughs> yeah, no uh, shit. Uh-huh. All right, let's move on to uh, to more WWE news. Let's talk about Thunderdome because JK says he's already registered for Thunderdome. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically the WWE's version of what the NBA fan experience has become in the new normal. <laughs> it's, a, it's actually very How does, it work? How does it work exactly? For those who have not uh, signed up for it yet, for those who are hearing about this for the first time, how does the Thunderdome work? I think you need Microsoft Teams for it to work, Deba, because if, if it's basically the equivalent teams. of the if it's the equivalent of the NBA fan experience, you have to log on and create an account. And you know, parang nasa Zoom call basically, and then you're you're watching the game or in this case the live event, and then you're reacting, you're cheering, you're you're doing whatever. Again, I don't know how this will apply sa wrestling setting. But from watching especially the NBA playoffs. That. Yeah, especially, especially with, with, with all that. With all the setup that it requires, uh, but from my experience, having watched NBA playoffs the last couple of days, there uh, are giant LED screens uh, surrounding the ring. I'm assuming, and then you have these blown up faces of fans. So like the fans look like giants, giant heads with chests. That that's basically it. And then you know they can react however they want. In the NBA, uh, y- yung fan interaction is so funny because if you're not for free throw, instead of yung when they wave the balloons, they're doing this. <laughs> so talaga silang gago. So like if you take your free throw, madidistract ka talaga. So it's really hilarious. Buta nila wala nang free throw sa WWE. Well, you know, <laughs> MVP should do that. I don't know if he still does because he's a No, wait, la- wait lang. So, okay, the NBA gets ko pa eh kasi live yun eh, 'di ba? Is there is SummerSlam going to be live? Yeah, uh, uh, I think yeah. it's going to be live because they they're moving to the Amway Center for SummerSlam weekend. Okay. So that is the home arena of the Orlando Magic. Yes, and because of the pandemic, they basically had to cancel all their events, the concerts, festivals, and whatnot. So from Takeover Thirty to SummerSlam, and I'm assuming one of the main roster shows, or maybe both of them. Smackdown, for I believe. Yeah, Smackdown, yeah, Smackdown. In, in the Thunder. Yeah, Smackdown this Friday is the first uh, Amway show. Yon. So they're going to be doing the shows at the Amway Center. I think they're going in from SmackDown until Raw. Um, yeah, uh, that, that's uh, the idea is probably to make it livelier than you know uh, what we've already been experiencing. And major unfair comparison, say yes, a major unfair comparison NBA versus WWE. But after watching the NBA, parang mas gusto ko live experience nila. Mas dama mo eh. Yeah. No. Okay. Go ahead, Ro. No, no, no. Sorry, you go ahead. You go ahead. No, because the only reason I ask why it's live is because if you have fans virtually watch a recording, then chances are somebody from that audience is going to leak the results and just ruin the fun for everybody. That's like a main concern. 
So, buti naman naisip ko na na, ah, dapat hindi to live. Kasi, mag-delete to sa Reddit kahit sabihin natin may NDA itong mga to. Eh. Diba? Like, even if we make them sign NDAs, somebody out there is going to leak the results, right? Now, that being said, I feel like the atmosphere created by virtual fans is still better than the atmosphere created by no fans and jobbers na binayaran mo to watch, diba? Parang, that because that whole part right there is artificial. Eh? Despite what everybody else says, diba? you're still paying the NXT boot campers, the trainees to to watch, not only just watch, but also react properly just so a particular performer gets to feed off that adrenaline. At least this way, we're a step closer to things being a little bit more organic. It's weird, but we live in weird times, diba? So, if, if that's the case, then do they are trying to do what they can in the pandemic? And I can't help but support it. I agree. Uh, I've been watching some clips of Impact Wrestling because it shows up on my feed. And it, after having seen how, uh, how WWE does it, how AEW does it, I just can't help but not, not want to go back to empty arena shows. And if this setup, if this Thunderdome setup is uh, is going to help provide a new atmosphere that's at least somewhat noisy to the wrestlers, then I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Just the energy na, na, to seep in through the giant screens. All I'll say is that it only takes one asshole to fuck it up for everybody because if you've watched yung know, NBA, those are giant LED screens and people are really visible. So what's going to stop me from holding up a sign that says no to the Uyghur genocides or something? I mean, you know, okay, because that's a good cause, right? I mean, Hangman Adam Page is tweeting about stopping the genocides. That's great and all. But what if you decide to hold up like a dick pic or like uh, Sasha, call me, to send yung number, mo, diba? Uh, is somebody going to be monitoring that and going to quickly take you off the feed? Because from what I know, sa NBA, uh, they parang may limit yun eh. You can only uh, give out yung access to a certain number of people. So pag nabutas yun, ano yun, may kapalit bang fan na papasok? Um, ang daming logistical issues that I don't want to get into, but I'm just saying it just takes one asshole to ruin the fun for everybody. No, I think... I think they thought about this because, you know, before before COVID, people were, I mean, WWE was already taking out signs from people that they didn't agree with. Yeah, it's not so like it's, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure me, someone uh, assigned to monitor this and, you know, shut that person down if they have to. I think uh, they've already thought about it. Yeah, it's not like taking away signs from fans or a particular story comes to mind. Taking what uh, taking a sign from one fan and giving it to another fan. I heard this on a podcast. I can't remember which uh, celebrity said this. Pero may nagkwento na they took a sign from one fan, gave it to another fan, and that fan ended up ah see Ron Sara when uh when they were on uh on the Kumu stream, right? Yep. They 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 shared a particular story where they had the sign taken away from him, right? So it's actually yeah, yeah. it. It's commonplace during a WWE show. When you watch a WWE event as a fan, you are subject to certain rules, diba? So I don't think it's a going to be that big an issue, diba? Siguro may makakalusot na isa, maybe, but I'm pretty sure they're pro enough to understand what needs to happen moving forward. 
Yeah. Uh, let's move on from Thunderdome then and talk about the two big events that will take place at Thunderdome. And let's start. Can, with can I? Can NXT I just take over thirty? Can I just say that I want Tina Turner to come out during at least one <laughs> Thunderdome show? <laughs> Tina Turner with Master Blaster and pre-racist Mel Gibson. <laughs> My Mad Max fantasies. Well, ako lang pa gets no reference. Do you, yes, do you because you are old, Chino. Do you guys know what the Thunderdome is? No, I'm just I laughing not. politely. Yeah, no. yeah I'm also just chuckling it's a, politely. It's a reference to the early Mad Max movies. And there was an actual Thunderdome that um, was essentially a death pit where people fight it out to the death. That's may mga nakasabit na na weapons, that chainsaws. It's totally ridiculous. Chainsaws, may barrel, may sword. Right? So it's just absolutely ridiculous for me to hear something named the Thunderdome in a present-day <laughs> apocalypse. It's just everybody's I vaguely, I vaguely to the reference. I knew it had something to do with an apocalyptic, yeah, it's, it's, uh, post-apocalyptic movie. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Yeah, the only it's reason silly. why you're the only one who gets it is because you're the only one here who was born in the 80s. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> 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 hey, don't shame uh, me for my age, man. I was no, born in 87. Wala na. 87 Wala na Marshall Lunan, man. I forget when you were born. <laughs> anyway, I just know you're older than me. Anyway, anyway, let's go to the show that can easily be, be mistaken for a porno. Take over 30. Take over XXX, triple X. <laughs> Actually, yeah, almost, um, uh, uh, unfortunately, Xander Vin Diesel is what we're thinking. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not thinking oh, of Xander Cage. Diesel. I'm really thinking of a I'm porno. Vin Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of Vin okay. Diesel. Okay, uh, we have four matches uh, scheduled so far. There's one more episode of NXT by tomorrow morning. So we'll, we'll find out by then kung ano yung fifth match. Because normally, we have five matches for TakeOver. So let's go right. through them one by one, starting off with a ladder match for the vacant North American Championship. You've got Bronson Reed versus Damian Priest versus Cameron Grimes versus Johnny Gargano slash Ridge Holland versus Finn Balor slash Velveteen Dream. Can we talk about Velveteen Dream real quick? Why is he in this match? Yeah, yeah, I saw the news that he was found innocent by Triple H and NXT. But at least, you know, give the guy a little... Uh, flying low on the radar time because you don't want to you don't want to expose him this far this quickly even if he was found innocent. Yeah, right? pero feeling go with that said, matatalo siya ni Finn eh, and Finn ends. Yeah, uh, my my pick for this is also Finn. Uh, I think that no, it's no uh, this this match is not uh, not lacking in star power to be honest with you, but yeah. I think Finn barely manages to uh, edge everyone out. Of the run, yeah. Either Finn or da- Damien Priest. That's my. Those are my picks. Okay. No, I was just picking Finn to win over Dream. My actual pick is actually Cameron Grimes. <laughs> it's actually Cameron Grimes. He's 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 surprising. He's good at winning surprisingly. Um, actually, yeah, Finn, I agree. I agree. The back, he 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 just wins out of nowhere and acts like he worked hard for the win. They're usually. Which is a great gimmick, right? I love the the cocky guys na So I feel like he's over enough 
to be put a strap on. So I feel like Cameron I think he, I think he gets like a, a good chance because he is such a good clutch player. Yeah. Uh, two things. One, I think it's Damien Priest's to lose. Like, I think Shane Pina a front runner to win. And if I were to put my money on someone, it would probably be Damien Priest. And second, Lance, I will not tolerate any disrespect towards Ridge Holland. What the fuck? What did he say? <laughs> that Ridge Holland is the Baron Corbin of NXT. Excuse me. Ridge Holland is actually better than Baron Corbin. Lance, how do you feel that your girls got called up to Raw? Next Natural natural picks for raw underground. <laughs> <laughs> for horsewomen. Right. Oh my god. Alright, let's Cantio, move on to Cantio the shout out on the way. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the next marquee matchup for takeover thirty. Adam Cole Bebe takes on Pat McAfee. Who cares, man, right? Man, if Who cares? Adam Cole if, okay, supposedly this is Adam Cole's last match in NXT. If he loses to a part-timing NFL player, Jesus fucking Christ. He's not even a part-timer. Yeah, yeah, he used to be a part-timer, then he's not anymore. Used to be a part-timer. Okay, my mistake. Uh, Essentially, this is Adam Cole's match to lose. (laughs) This is basically a vehicle for him to... To really establish himself as a babyface now, because the undisputed era are now babyfaces. But I don't know how you get uh, an NXT level type of match out of Pat McAfee. Yeah, especially uh, like I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna happen here. Uh, uh, Chaka, it, okay, go ahead. Super weird if Adam Cole loses. It's really yeah. Good. It's really and it's funny how you say they're trying to get them over as babyfaces. No, they are. They are. But, but they, are. They, they just jump two guys. Last NXT, they, they they they're, they're getting they're getting the baby face reactions, so they are kind of stone cold into that spot. Para sila Finn Balor basically, except group sila. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. much what it is. A lot of gray areas on NXT. Hi, mga matcha sexy chismosa. Ang apelas si Mokoy ang inyong corporate slave. At ako ang apelas singo ang inyong corporate lucky. Nabalitaan nyo na ba yung pinakabagong chismis? Nandito na kami ngayon sa Podcast Network Asia. Oo nga, kaya samahan nyo kami sa longest. Longest? Running. Ayun yung pinakamahaba? Comedy podcast sa buong Pilipinas. Di ba ba longest? Yung pinakamahaba? Oo, parang tayo yung pinakamahaba. Ang macho chismisa. Dahil ang tunay na macho, chismoso. Pag longest ba, tayo rin yung pinakamatigas. So yeah, um, I, I think Adam Cole should win. I don't think Adam Cole will win, especially if, uh, what's his name, Pat McAfee is going to be a regular fixture on NXT. Parang weird na, you know, he, he gets punked by Adam Cole. Tasta, uh, wala, sina. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm only invested in this because of the Undisputed Era. I don't give two shits about Pat McAfee at all. Yes. Same. Oh, well. Same. <laughs> Same. Why? All right. Next, let's talk about the NXT Women's Championship match. It's Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai. This should be fun. Yeah, should be fun. Uh, I think this is an. Uh, I don't think they're gonna call up Io soon, so Io wins though for me. Here's a question: Where, uh, where is Raquel Gonzalez? What happened to her? I think injured. Cha. I, I I remember I remember reading somewhere in the injured. Cha. Either injured cha or she could not go because of COVID. Wow, okay. So I don't one of those two. 
I was wondering where she was also since the last Dakota win had Mercedes Martinez all over. But yeah, this is interesting. I actually don't know who to pick. Like, I really don't. Like, I love both of these ladies. I think they're awesome. And for whoever wins, they congrats. They're all like, I all I can say is that this is this will be a pretty good match. Yeah, I, I don't think that Dakota Kai is the killer that will dethrone Io Shirai. Alam mo yun, like, uh, her, her gimmick has been so solid and her run has been so solid that it'll take a Shayna-level killer or a Shayna-level boss to defeat Io Shirai for the title. So it could be Rhea Ripley with a, with a mean streak again. It could be Mercedes Martinez down the road. I don't think it's this Dakota Kai, especially without uh, Raquel Gonzalez by her side. There, that's uh, those are my two cents on that. Let's wrap up the uh, takeover predictions with the NXT Championship match. It's Keith Lee versus Karen Cross with Scarlet. Then about is this the end of of uh, the Limitless Legion title run? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's although it is one of those things that I know that could happen because of uh, how they're pushing Karen Cross. Yeah. Although if we're still believing the rumors that. Karrion Cross is supposed to be headed to the main roster really quickly, then uh, I don't think uh, Keith Lee is going to lose this at all. No, I actually think that they might, since you know rumors are saying that he is rocket strapped to head to the main, main roster real soon, uh, I feel like they might actually just give the title to Karrion Cross, just like that, and, and justify it by saying Keith Lee had his moment. Like he didn't need okay. to stay the longest NXT champion. He didn't need a certain amount of time to be to hold the belt, hold both titles. Like it just had to happen. And once it has, they can they have free ring over who gets the next title. Yeah, I'm kind of with Chino here in the sense that I brought up the boss level heel deba to to um unseat the champion. I think that's Karrion Cross. And I think for someone like Keith Lee, it has to be a big dude like Karrion Cross. Because who who will defeat Keith Lee? Are, are you gonna pile all four members of the Undisputed Era one on top of the other just to defeat Keith Lee? I don't think so. Uh, you probably expect some more fire shenanigans in this match. <laughs> I mean, as long as nobody's setting themselves on fire, right? Anyway, right, right. moving on. SummerSlam. SummerSlam 2020 is happening uh, on Monday, Manila time. So I've busted out my five-year-old SummerSlam t-shirt. Nice. From the Wrestling Gods days. All right, let's go through the card. Uh, there are eight matches for SummerSlam this year. So that's, uh, that's pretty refreshing, honestly. Let's start off with uh, the Street Profits taking on Actually, Andrade and Angel Garza for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Actually, now that you mentioned it, the pay-per-views have gotten significantly shorter since they've moved into the COVID era, right? like yeah. they are they aren't three hour slogs anymore, which is great. Like it's nice, it's nice consumable hours. I like that. And for the tag team title, I think, I think, and I'm gonna say this again, the Street Profits have held on to the belts for longer than anybody have expected them to. So I'm gonna say Garza and uh, Andrade. I agree. I want, I want, I want the push uh, to happen finally because uh, we've uh, exhausted all the mileage we can get out of a street profits reign. 
Yeah, same here. I'm kind of tired of the Street Profits being tag team champions. So, wala naman sila masyadong ginagawa. I mean, yeah, they're in good stories and all that. They're getting the exposure. But I'm ready to see Andrade and Garza as champions. So, yeah. Let's move on to the next match. Apollo Crews versus MVP for the United States Championship. Lashley and Shelton are banned from ringside. I think they're still going to appear. And I think MVP steals the championship. Yeah, ako din. They want to legitimize the Earth business, right? And it's a good way to legitimize it by putting the U.S. title on its leader. Yeah, uh, can't help. I mean, can't disagree with that. Uh, they tried. They, they already had a test run last month with that, and now I think this is the real deal. Especially when they're not doing much with Apollo anyway. And MVP just signed, right? He just signed like a five-year deal. Anyway, it's been a while. Because he signed that long-term deal with the WWE, one can't help but see how they they won't put the title on him. Like it's it's the only logical step moving forward with his push. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my belated comment from Lance Andrade and Garza window via poison gas on Angelo Dawkins. It's super effective. Hi, Nakyu. Hi, Nakyu. All right, uh, let's move on to the next one. How about this one? Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins in a street fight. Ray and Murphy both at ringside for their respective um, partners. I am not gonna. I'm not gonna buy a Dominic win here. I mean, come on, come on. You are fresh in the business, and I'm not gonna believe that Rollins and Murphy can't beat you down to a pulp. Sorry, that's just the way it is. Chino, your thoughts? I see it happening, though. I see it happening. No, no. Yes. <laughs> I see it no. happening. Skill, skill wise, yes. But story wise, I can see how good Triumph's evil in this scenario. Like, especially with Rey Mysterio there. I'm pretty sure this is going to turn into some sort of tornado impromptu tag team match. Anyways, the boss is. Yeah, no DQ no one I mean it's probably not gonna be a tag team match in name, but it's probably how it's gonna go down. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna devolve into that one form or another. So that's why I see it happening. The uh, only way I will the only way I can buy a Dominic win is if Big Walter actually showed up to help out Baby Walter. That's it. And because Walter is stuck in the UK or in Europe or wherever he is. I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm with Ro here. I think Seth Rollins is going to beat Dominic and Ray up. And I'd like to see another hokey eyeball, please. That's just me. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the next match. Let's talk about the women now. It's Asuka challenging Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship. And then she's also challenging Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I think this is silly. I love Asuka. I love the two-woman power trip story. Pero hindi ko gusto na si Asuka lang nagahabol for both championships. Parang sobrang... They're really beating us over the head with a hammer with, with this story. Like, I get it. Everybody hates them. I get it. Asuka hates them the most. I, I don't need Asuka challenging for both championships. No, uh, it goes back to what I said earlier that wala, talaga, wala na talagang depth. Um, women's roster on Raw and SmackDown. So at this point, this is the best they can do because you got Mandy and Sonya feuding with each other. 
So you don't have any other person. They're not willing to go with uh, Alexa Bliss, who is in the storyline with Bray, uh, Braun and Bray. Uh, you got the others who I don't know what they're doing exactly. But they TikTok won't. Sina, no, Natty and Lana. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much what they're doing. See, Natty and Lana doing that. Naomi is still on Twitter, like doing her own thing, uh, asking to give her a chance. And be a hashtag yeah. Yeah, sorry, Naomi Kevin. deserves better. That's the hashtag. Naomi deserves better. That that hashtag that she's been using. So, bang it. You have players there to put in the game, but you're just refusing to utilize them. Um, it's actually more apparent now, especially when you have uh, superstars like Becky Lynch and Charlotte not able to participate for obvious reasons. You know, so I. That said, between the two matches, I. Don't think Asuka wins any belt at all. I think they keep the belts on the two women power trip. Same here. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think Sasha and Bailey keep going on their run until someone else comes along and and wins it for them. I I hope that it's Naomi actually. I hope that Naomi steps up and um, is given the chance to defeat Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Same here. Same here. This is such video game booking. I just realized because in in Smack and here comes the pain, which I've started streaming. Uh, recently, you can get uh, double booked on season mode. So apparently, uh, there's no way Asuka's winning a championship uh, when she's booked like this. So yeah, you're right. Uh, the two are going to retain, and they're going to continue this this weird uh, power trip run for as long as we can, as long as there is no one really worthy enough to step up to the plate. Yeah, and then afterwards, Shane is going to go after Sasha Banks. Cindy Bailey, right? Because uh, Shane yeah. is on Raw, so as, as yeah, Jackie points out. Uh, shout out to Steven, who uh, hypothesizes that Dominic will cheat to win like his papi. I'd love to see that. That would be yeah. a great uh, a, a great callback from 15 <laughs> years ago. Cheating, no DQ match, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's get to the other women's match, and that is hair versus hair between best friends Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. I would like to see either of them bald, but they made a big deal out of Mandy Rose having shorter hair, so I think it's on. Like, I think it's Sonya going bald. Yeah, I think I think Sonya is going bald because they're si Mandy at this point. So I think she is the better one to have bald heads, right? Parang mas mas bagay ata sa look niya. So I think it's really her. Yeah, I agree. Um, plus, the, it gives her an edge that she desperately needs, but she could use. Yeah. So I, I feel like Sonia goes bald. Um, what was the last time we've seen a, a bald woman in the WWE? Was it still Molly? See, was it Serena, really all Serena Deeb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Serena, Serena Deeb, yeah. From Straight yeah, Edge yeah. Society. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, I remember yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Didn't Ivory right, go let's... bald as well? Like for well, no, that was Molly Holly. Molly Holly. That was Molly. Okay. Yeah. So it's Molly Holly and then Serena Deeb. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've got the two big championship matches now on SummerSlam. Let us start with the Universal Championship: Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt in a teleserie-like arc, which now features Alexa Bliss. And I'm I'm very sad that the story has taken this turn because. Um, I, I was just telling the Smart Henry guys on the Discord the other day that Alexa Bliss has essentially become the woman in the fridge. 
and I don't like it. I I hate how it reduced her to such a TV trope. I wish na um, Alexa could be served better, could could have a better storyline. Kaya tsa na she's involved in the world title storyline, she's not gonna be able to challenge for it. She's not an active player. She's a side piece, and and I'm really really angry that this is what they've reduced Alexa to. Did we see a double turn on the last uh, last week's SmackDown when when Braun basically yeeted Alexa and then just to spite uh, Bray? Do you guys think that was a double turn? Ani double turn don? Is he Bray in face? Yeah, as in Braun ended up being a monster anyway, just to uh, so Shayong. Shayong person uh, out of all the people that Ray has uh, feuded with, uh, he ended up being the one to give into the dark side for real, for real. Although I don't make, I don't think that makes Bray a face. I don't know. I, I don't see how Bray is a face. Yeah, yeah exactly. Bray is a face either. So it's super weird. Like that's a stretch. Uh, I don't know. No reason to care about this storyline as if I cared about it in the first place. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Braun Strowman as a champion is wrong on so many levels for me. I want Bray to win. That said, I do remember watching a video on YouTube that said that somebody leaked that SummerSlam is essentially going to be a mess of false finishes. So I think this uh, so so I feel I feel like this is one of those matches. And I just want uh, Fiend to win so that we can get over it, get it over with rather than just move on. My logic I, is I'm the done with lost, champion. The Fiend lost the Swamp fight. And uh, so now I want him to win. At this, uh, at this point, uh, he gets to win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he got, he got punked out by Goldberg then, but in like record time. So fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, oh, let's well. talk about the actually, uh, the match that's actually compelling. Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Um, to be very fair to them, I, I like how the legends have been used. I like how Legend Killer Orton has been built up to this point. And um, I, I think it's safe to say that Drew is going to conquer Randy Orton as well. Now, the reason why they built Randy Orton up again as Legend Killer is so that when Drew beats him, he has all that added credibility on him to make him even more unstoppable as a fighting champion. So um, I, I think Drew retains. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there's no way Drew loses this one. Chino? Yeah. Uh, well, I, out of all the reports, sorry guys, out of all the reports that have been said to have false finishes, this match was actually on the top of that list. Um, <laughs> so, will it suck if we see Orton McIntyre a week later in Payback? Probably not. That said, I don't think Randy Orton's the guy to take the title from Drew McIntyre, especially with the run he's been having. So I say McIntyre. Mm. Right, there you have it. Our predictions for TakeOver and SummerSlam, as well as our thoughts on Sonya and Mandy and their uh, real-life kidnapping scare, as well as the uh, Thunderdome situation in in WWE for this weekend. Let us know your thoughts. Master, master. podcast for tonight but in case you want to hit us up the comment section is wide open we're also on social media at wrestling2xpod at roiswar at chino supersized at cavemancamos and at underscore stan c alright this is basically the midway point of the podcast whenever we do our normal broadcasts anyway so uh, since we have a special thing going on for this week I'm gonna turn over hosting duties to chino and I'm just gonna 
react here from time to time if may nagdadagdag ako sa story because this is basically yeah. rose time. It's your show, it's your time, it's sandata time. You could have just said roll time and it's still with oh, the what the hell? Oh, right there. See, that is why that is why you are the comedian here. <laughs> it still wouldn't work. So we've had a bunch of different uh, wrestlers, wrestling personalities on this podcast. But the one person we haven't had is our very own Ro Moran, FKA Sendata. Right? Because FKA. for the No, we've actually we've actually done this before, way before um you were on the pod. Uh it was back in the time when uh, we tried to do really? kayfabe, 100% kayfabe interviews with really? PWR wrestlers. Pero hindi pa tayo MSG, obviously. Hindi pa tayo. No, no, no. As in year one pa tayo. Year one pa tayo. Oh, okay. And then we tried, we tried doing this whole shtick where I would voice act my way into a, a Sandata interview. And it was so, so bad. Stan can remember this. It was so bad. I don't know if anyone could probably, uh, could probably remember or could probably see right through it. But it was one of the worst things I had ever done on this show. So this is this this whole thing. This whole thing is me not just you know not just uh, unmasking and then speaking on my career, but undoing that that fateful episode. So what we're gonna sa sa backlog ng podcast yet. All right. Okay. So because it's been a while, it's been six six years, de right? Since it yeah, was the yeah. shit. Uh, yeah. Since that really episode. Shit. Let's just pretend like it doesn't exist and start from Yes, scratch. yes, thank right? you. Thank Let's you. just do that and start from the very beginning with the Roe Miranda wrestling fan. Can you paint us a picture of what your wrestling fandom was like? Is right, like, so, uh, how did you, like, you start? <laughs> how did you start? What got you into wrestling, etc. You know the yeah. drill. <laughs> you know the drill. I know the drill. Uh, I, everyone, everyone... Uh, in the comments, you can stop pretending that you're shocked. Uh, we all know, we all know what the deal is. I yeah, know you guys. We've, yeah, we've, we've, we've been through this social contract for for years now, and uh, it's now officially old. What a, anyway, what a uh, bunch of marks. <laughs> <laughs> no, my wrestling fandom started. Uh, in the video games, actually, I got wrestling video games before I even watched uh, an, a minute of wrestling on TV. My first video game was Warzone for the P- PlayStation One, and I don't know why we got that when I had RPS One modded to be able to play pirated video games. But that was the first game we got, and almost immediately, my mom did not want us to play that because wrestling shot and it was violent, violent as hell. But that was my first exposure to wrestling. Then I eventually caught it on TV. And then I got uh, SmackDown 2, Know Your Roll, and then, not Know Your Roll, SmackDown 2. It was SmackDown 2. And uh, I eventually started seeing it on TV. Uh, we were banned from watching it on TV until I was like in high school, where uh, I was eventually somehow allowed to watch it. And then I would do it. You know, I would do wrestling moves with all my friends. And then I realized that oh, these wrestling moves, doing these wrestling moves, are actually pretty easy. Like I can do that. So I can probably maybe do that as some sort of sport when I get when I get older. And that was eventually how I ended up wanting to become a wrestler by figuring that. I could do these these things to my friends, so I could probably do these things to other people. Because wrestling was predetermined 
So I would assume that other people would allow me to do that, those things to them. So, uh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so, okay, you started with the video games first before the actual TV product, which is rare. Yeah. When you yeah. found out that wrestling was predetermined, did that affect your fandom at all? Uh, no, naman, I guess. I guess I was kind of doubting then about how real it was. Remember back in the... Uh, back in the attitude era and the ruthless aggression era, they would still go for some pretty edgy, uh, go for some pretty edgy angles. Like, for example, I don't know, like uh, Shawn Michaels getting his throat crushed by a steel chair, or Paul Bearer getting uh, getting drowned in wet cement. So, to me, I always thought that yeah, it was probably predetermined, but some parts of this were real. And so, because I still thought that, I didn't really. Um, I didn't really get discouraged from watching it. In, in, if anything, I was more compelled by the whole thing. Nice. All right. So, okay, you said that you tried out some moves on your friends and you figured it was easy. Did you have an athletic background? Is that why you found it easy? Or was it just uh, something had... that came naturally <laughs> to you? I had some athletic background. Like I tried to do sports uh, as a kid. Uh, I don't know if uh, I, I, I tried to do my little best uh, when I was a kid. So I had that going for me. But as I will discuss later on when we discuss my uh, when we discuss my career as a wrestler further, uh, I wasn't that athletic looking back. I just had, you know, I, I was decent in in kids games like you know I was decent uh, playing tag or cops and robbers and all that shit touch ball and all that shit <laughs> so that's where I figured maybe I could probably be uh, some sort of athlete uh, just not you know the traditional sports more on the wrestling more on the pro wrestling. You put in there and as a sea game, so I was decent in that. So don't 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 discount that, you know. That's still an actual sport. Okay, so let's fast forward a bit to your uh wrestling journalism, Naman. Like I wanna brush on that as well. You started writing for Lords of Pain long before yeah. this podcast or Smart Cannon even yeah. existed. How did yeah. you get into that? Was that a natural transition from watching it? Or did or yeah. was it something that enthused you enough to do it? Yeah, it was a natural uh it was a natural transition from watching it and having thoughts about it. Because uh, back in those days, uh, LordsOfPain.net had a forum, and and as we all know, in message boards, we all uh, converge and congregate in message boards to share our opinions uh, about wrestling and about the things we're watching, right? And at that point, I was a journalism student, and I would ha I had just been uh, finding my stride. That uh, I I just been realizing that I could probably write not just about wrestling, but about things uh, as some sort of uh, as some sort of living. I don't know how exactly I would get to that point, but I thought about it. That you know I could do it. I could do those things, and I had opinions about wrestling. Uh, I started as being as rope. I started from role playing as a wrestler to actually, you know, sharing my thoughts about wrestling as a writer. And I would start uh, the 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 LordsOfPain.net message boards had uh, had uh, columns for them that was a playground for 
aspiring writers who wanted to write for the main for the main page for the for the column section of the main page and that's where i started i just started writing i figured out that i had a knack for it <laughs> i had a knack for for you know articulating my views and opinions and wrestling never mind the fact that those views and opinions weren't always right because you know i how, what the fuck did i know about wrestling back then right uh i just wanted to write about it and it was a fun thing to write about so that's where it all began and eventually uh i got good enough that they put me on the main page uh i didn't write for money not yet um but they put me there and that gave me the the exposure of you know of all the wrestling fans that came to lordsofpain.net to read about wrestling news and read about uh what people wanted to think about or you know what other people thought about wrestling at that time so did your writing come from writing about wrestling is that from what i understand is that how it happened or, what do you mean what do you mean like, did what you, you start mean? writing for a living because you started writing about wrestling or were oh, you no, no, already no. you were already a no. writer then no, 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 I was in college then, and I okay. was taking up journalism. I was taking okay. up journalism. So my career path was writing somehow. All right. Okay. Uh, it just so happened. Just so happened that I could, uh, I could write about wrestling. Uh, okay. I wish I, w- I wrote about wrestling for a living, but uh, that wasn't the case. Also, uh, Al, our, uh, Lords of Pain isn't dead. The name is just retired. It's just now. I think WrestlingNewsHeadlines.com or something. Yeah, the butter and dito stand, tapos na yung class cloud takeover. banner for like the five minutes he was gone. Anyway, let's jump into the thing that people came here to talk about your PWR days. Right. How did you find out about um, the generic, the, the generic PWR wrestler question? How did you find out about the bootcamp? Um, oh, this story. <laughs> I don't remember how no, I, I don't remember how I stumbled across PWR first. Like uh, I don't remember exactly how I don't know, I've taken too many hits to the head to remember how I did it, how I found them, but I just remember I found them and then I showed Stan and then I, I told him that these guys are starting something, are starting a Philippine wrestling company. And uh, maybe we could do this, but at the same time, sorry, what time, year was this? This was 2013 or 2014, maybe 2014, because um, maybe either late 2013 or 2014, because that's when everything started. All right. And then I remember at the time, um, I doubted them. I, I doubted the original batch of people who trained, because um, when you when you are an aspiring wrestler, when you want to be a wrestler, the first thing you do is you look up how to be a wrestler. And then uh, a lot of people will tell you on the internet that the first thing you do is get a respected trainer, respectable trainer, someone who has actual legit experience in the business on a high level. And siempre, uh, when you're starting afresh in a scene like this, there isn't any of that. So I doubted PWR from the beginning that I didn't know. Um, I didn't know if it was legit because they, they didn't have a legit trainer. I would have, uh, I didn't sign up for batch one because they didn't have a legit trainer. But um, it was only after I saw um, 
their video clip, uh, their video highlight reel, if you will, of them performing uh, some moves in the now defunct Bombay Saurus Performance Center. It was only then I realized that, okay, uh, they were doing the moves all right. Finally, they were doing the moves in a safe way. Man. I realized that they were okay. They, were, they knew what they were doing. Um, they had had Wait, some. Let's start at the new gym. Let's start at the new gym. Unfortunately, oh, the gym oh, had okay. to close due to oh. due to the quarantine. Yeah. The oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So rest in peace, uh, Bombay Saurus Performance Center. Um, um, it's not a secret because they've posted about it uh, on their own page. Yeah, if you know what the gym is called, you can yeah, if you know what the gym is called, they posted about it on their page. Fit plus right. of the so, Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> wow, well, so at this point, uh, no, no point in keeping it a secret now. Yeah, well, that is, yeah, but yeah, sorry, all right, yeah, um. So, so back to I saw that they were, out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw that they were legit. I mean, not the man super legit, but I saw that they were being trained properly. And um, at this point, I had even gotten into a public spat with some of the guys before wow. because they posted. Uh, yeah, they posted. Um, Yusuf posted a picture of himself with a wound. And then I was all up in that shit. I was all like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You guys are hardly trained, and you're out here doing these spots. I, some of you guys will remember, uh, if you guys were part of the original SGP, uh, you guys will remember this public spat all the way from, from 2014. Stan, you can turn off your mic. <laughs> <laughs> and then I doubted them. I, I really put on some public doubt until I saw that highlight reel. And when I saw that highlight reel, and when I saw their very first, um, their very first show, or no, 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 when I saw that first highlight reel, uh, I remember reaching out to JDL and saying sorry for um, for basically uh, throwing shade on them in public. So you didn't asking, know who he was then. You didn't know each other then. I didn't JDL. know. I didn't know it personally. But I knew who they were. I say they were posting that already as themselves, as their characters, uh, as themselves. They, they were promoting PWR already. I reached out to him and apologized for basically dissing them in public. And I asked, I asked, is there a way for me to join your training already? And then they said, um, no, not yet. Because uh, they were still preparing for their first show. Um, they were, they wanted to, uh, focus on preparing for their first show and they would let us know na Segura when they were opening a bootcamp. So Stan and I went to that first show to Renaissance and, um, uh, after that, they, I think if I remember correctly, they opened the bootcamp right after the first show and that I jumped on the chance to, to join the bootcamp. Are you a big sports fan? If so, make sure to listen to Off the Record with me, Mix Bustos. Together, we'll get up close and personal with the biggest names in the sports industry. Check it out after listening to this episode. Off the Record is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms thanks to Podcast Network Asia. Catch you guys on my show. 
No, we we went to that very first show as media partners because by then the podcast was in its infancy. So I think we were like four or five months old, and then we we made waves because we were the very we were literally the first wrestling podcast. There's a reason why we have that tag at the very start of 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 the show, right? So, um, PWR came to us and asked if we could uh, if they could promote PWR Renaissance, the very first show on the podcast. So they started sending wrestlers, and they would do interviews in kayfabe. So that's how little yeah. by little we learned about the company. We began to build a relationship with the, with the boys, and uh, yon, that's that's when they told Ro na um, uh, boot camp na. So if you want, if if you're interested, because I remember being yeah, but it was, it was only after the show. Yeah, it was yeah, only yeah. after the after Renaissance. Uh, yeah, during the, the during the post show hangout, I suppose. Basically, no, no, no. Wala pang ganun at the time. Ah, okay. uh, what 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 I was trying to say is. Basically, kami ni Nakamos and Ro, halos sabay-sabay kaming lahat pumasok ng PWR right. under okay. different circumstances, but generally around the same time. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, when you entered boot camp, was there immediate heat placed upon you that you were calling uh, all these guys out? I do not know. <laughs> I would not be the but best. From experience, wala. Like, they didn't... Di ka ah, oh, yeah, parang wala. Parang wala. Kasi... Uh, at the time, everyone was nice. Bombay was nice. Bombay was the head trainer at that point, and he was really nice. He uh, was so chill. Um, you 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 see him at the show. I think he's super intense, right? But uh, as a trainer, he was super chill. And uh, I don't recall there any there being any heat at all. You mentioned Bombay Suarez being your first trainer. You actually became the trainer for boot camp. Can you talk to us? about how that happened and what uh transpired behind that decision wait before i answer that i want to ask i want to answer a question by martin in the comments he's asking me how day one of boot camp was so how i prepared for boot camp and i advise you i advise anyone who is thinking of becoming a wrestler to never ever ever do what i did i took bumps at home (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I fucking I fucking took bumps on my on my bedroom floor. Uh, uh, I I was I was in an apartment and my bed was on the floor, had a mattress on the floor. I took bumps on that, thinking that was enough to be uh, that was enough protection for my back. Spoiler alert: it isn't. Although um, it barely got me ready for uh, the first. Uh, Day of boot camp, parang at least I had an idea of what pain I was gonna expect on in boot camp. Pero I would never ever ever suggest you try to do that at home. But also back then, and this is gonna segue into the answer to your question, Chino. I was already working out. I was already working out. Um, I can't remember if I was doing a lot of cardio already, but I was working out. Uh, I don't know if it was the right kind of workout I would suggest for people starting out uh, being in wrestling. So uh, I prepared myself. I really prepared myself. I, I, I promised myself I didn't want to be one of the guys who showed up and didn't take it seriously. Because we see that a lot in the boot camp. Uh, you would get a lot of guys messaging the PWR page asking what the next boot camp is. And then when they come to boot camp, so I promised, I really promised myself, I didn't want to be that guy. So that's what I did, uh, Martin. So that's how I made sure that I was kind of ready for boot camp. Anyway, 
you said that um, you asked me about being a bootcamp trainer. Basically, after Yusuf left, uh, we needed to have uh, new trainers. That was the time when JDL and I took over uh, training duties at bootcamp. And for me, um, they just made me the conditioning trainer because that was what I was doing for Yusuf. I was helping out Yusuf Naren uh, in conditioning when Yusuf wasn't when you when Yusuf wasn't in training. I would basically teach the guys what I knew, what I knew from experiences in working out, uh, how to condition themselves and get themselves stronger. So I eventually did that. Uh, I researched more. I'm not a I'm not a certified coach, guys. I wish I was. I'm working. That's one of my goals as, in my professional career. I want to get certified as a coach. But all I did was uh, research on how to get stronger, how to improve cardio, how to improve endurance. And uh, I applied that in becoming uh, a trainer for the boot campers um, the past few years. All right. So you mentioned you had the thing he researched upon. Um, are there other aspects in, that you brought into your training regimen that you feel helped you with the trainees the most? What do you mean? Sorry. Like other other things apart from the obvious conditioning, strength, the are there other other aspects as well that you included in were you were you bringing a particular style to your training? Were you you, you doing a particular regimen? when you trained uh, boot campers? Yeah, yeah. Um, I learned a lot of different styles kasi, uh, in my experience as, you know, in, in my experience training myself, right? right. So okay. uh, at, at that point, I had um, experience training like an athlete in my old gym, uh, Focus Athletics Pro. Uh, I brought the group class experience and the athletic training experience uh, to my boot camp classes. And I think um, it really helps because it was the closest thing we had to legit athletic training, like legit training like an athlete. So nice. I am grateful for being able to have that experience. Okay, good. Cool. All right. So as a trainer, do you have... Do you want to share like any horror stories from your time as a trainer? Do you is there something that sticks out in the worst way to you? Uh we have a bunch of guys almost passing out. Not out yeah. of shape. Out of shape you know campers. I would yeah, I guess I guess you can say out of shape. Um here's here's uh uh I wanna share a really inspiring story though. Um you you take a guy like AB3, AB3 in his first boot camp, uh, first boot camp tryout, he almost passed out some of the conditioning drills ko. And after he almost passed out in his very first session, we never saw him again. Awesome. Never saw him again. We never saw him again until the next boot camp batch. He came back, uh, basically weathered and powered through it, and now. You have an AB3 who is a former uh, all-out war champion, oh, former okay. tag team champion. So I don't want to focus too much on the horror stories. I'll, believe me, a lot of there are a lot of close calls there, but um, I want to focus more on the people that managed to survive me. Uh, to be fair, though, I'm not out there to break people down. 
I'm just putting them through their paces and uh, it's on them that I, whether they can survive or not. Nice. Okay. Um, so let's jump into Sendata, the wrestler. Um, hey. You've unmasked right now, but can you tell me why you've decided to wrestle with a mask in the first place? Okay, so yeah. All right, first, uh, the, the biggest reason why I went with a mask is because I was trying to hide. <laughs> I was trying to hide who I was. I wasn't confident uh, wrestling as myself, even though looking back now, that was what I should have done in the first place. I was trying to hide from my parents, from my family. I didn't want them to know that I was putting myself out there and getting hurt. And, you know, because this is a dangerous business, no matter how you look at it. They know uh, they're not dumb. They know that even if it's predetermined, they know that we, we really, we really, <laughs> damn it, JDL, I'm not breaking them down. I promise you, I'm not breaking them down. I really don't do that. Sorry. Uh, I really wanted to not show myself and spare myself from the judgment of people who think that wrestling is stupid and dangerous. Because in some ways, in many ways, it really is. I just wanted to avoid all that judgment. So that's pretty much it. The second reason is um, I wanted to have the Sandata gimmick because it was cool. Uh, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I was being Pahul. I wanted to be a superhero. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be a superhero luchador, man. I wanted to be super Pahul. Uh, the the gimmick was originally based on Black Panther, to be honest with you. Uh, I wanted to be that kind. Of, I, that's why my original Sandata gim, uh, gear was all black, because I, I wanted to be a Black Panther-esque character. Those are the two main reasons why I wanted to take on that character. All right. Okay. So now that you've mentioned the psychology, I remember na ano, I remember na um, you were a huge fan of Mysterio. Then yeah. growing up, like that was one of the first things we talked about. Ray Mysterio or Mysterio? So I think the association was natural. Ray Mysterio. No, Ray Mysterio. Okay. Not Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay, kalawo Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. As in, as in, Ro has a Ray Mysterio action figure and shit. So like, yeah. I remember, I remember that from our college days. So when he finally became a wrestler and decided to become a luchador, I think it just made all the sense in the world that he would be a masked man. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, so, as Sandata, as a, an in-ring performer, who do you feel you elevated the most during your career? And vice versa, who do you feel elevated the most during your career? Who I felt I elevated the most yes. and who elevated me the most? Yes. That's a good question. Um, huh. Let's answer the second question first. I feel like uh, Billy Suede and JDL elevated me the most because uh, I was able to have really good matches with them. And uh, my matches with them went to show that I had something, even though uh, looking back, I didn't have something all the time. Um, people I elevated the most, I think, were, I can't think of one right now, but I jobbed so much. And to be honest with you, I really had no problem jobbing. 
because I understood that it was part of the business. And in doing so, we make these other people, the, the people I lose to, look so much better. Um, I always uh, took pride in losing and making other people look better. All right. Kala ko Jeff Cobb yung sabihin mo eh. Kasi literal na elevation. Hindi na need to look good. Literal na elevation yun eh. Wait, wait. I want to answer uh, Neil Cuenca's question. Oh, did, I call, did, I, did I come up with calling myself uh, Sandata? Yes, uh, that was my idea. Uh, the whole all caps thing was also another pahul thing. I wanted to copy that from Kushida. So um, I wanted to copy the whole uh, Japanese all caps gimmick from Kushida. I got, I used Sandata because uh, it sounded cool. You know, weapon sounded cool. Other names I considered, yeah, I considered calling myself Alamid. I guess I thought Alamid meant panther, but it actually turned uh, it turned out to be small civet cat. Yung tumatay ng ano. Tumatay ng coffee. Also, you would have been called the rock band and you would have gotten people yeah. saying your love. Exactly. Let it also not be let it also not be ignored that na si wrote to be Sandata na all caps than Sanada na all caps. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. When I was Sandata, Sanada was still in TNA news. Uh, when he moved to New Japan, uh, that's when I saw him do the whole all caps thing, and then I th- I realized, oh no, people are gonna get us confused, and they did get us confused. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, so you have your start in PWR as part of a tag team, right? Was that the yeah. ideal start for you to be part of a tag team? And how did it feel being? Oh, part considering of his this? partner was DDS, Flat Earther, and a, a Flat Earther and a sexual abuser. Stan, the question was for Ro, not for you. <laughs> Before I answer that, uh, let me let me get to uh, Martin's question here. Uh, what were what were, what were my thoughts on the dual shock name? Uh, I actually thought it was cool. Actually, thought the dual shock name was cool, even though it was derivative of you know the PlayStation controller. Um, it was a, a decent passable name, but when they paired me and Peter up, I immediately knew that they had nothing for us. Talaga. Like, it was just a filler team. And to be honest with you, um, looking uh, at the time, I was okay with it because, it gave us something to do. But I, I already knew then that it wasn't because they had some grand plan for us because I knew the others they had a plan for. Like, they had a plan for Mark Nimanalo. They had a plan for Fighters for Hire. They had a plan for uh, Ralph Imabayashi and John Sebastian. Those were the guys they were looking at and not us but looking back now i wish that they didn't you know they didn't debut me at least if they didn't have a plan for me i knew that they wanted to debut me just because they needed to have more bodies on the card so that's really what i thought about it and um i realized then that we were losing because other um other teams back then had more obvious directions. So I understood that. I totally understood that. Uh, 
I wish that we could have gotten on the same page, at least wrestling-wise, Kevin Peter. But at that point, because I was still finding myself and you know trying to figure out what kind of wrestling style worked for me, and that was such a long ass uh, process of self-discovery, to be honest with you. Kala ko magiging flat earther ka din eh. <laughs> Same page <laughs> uh, So, okay. And from there, you moved into a singles career, right? This is going to be a little bit of a two-parter. So my first question for you is, what did you struggle with becoming a singles wrestler? Like, from coming from, coming from a tag team, now you have to do it on your own. Did you struggle with anything in particular? Well, to be honest with you, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I put a lot of pressure on myself to do well, to do decently. I struggled with looking back on it now. I struggled with being uh, a luchador because I got it somehow in my head. Just because I wear this mask, um, I kind of expected myself to do well and to do better at the Lucha Libre style. And um, it was such a learning process for me because I couldn't um, take on to it naturally. And I just realized that I, I had one big move, right? And that was the one move I did well. And sometimes I didn't even do it that well. So uh, while others had uh, a style that they wanted to do, uh, a style they figured out and a style they could do, I didn't have that. I was really just searching for it the entire time. So I think that was my biggest struggle back then. All right. So as a as a solo performer, you were associated with the paycheck style picture on more than one occasion. You danced around the idea of becoming paycheck champion. Was that something you wanted to happen for yourself or did you just fall into place? Um it fell into place like i fell into it because i was somewhat over i'd like to think um i was the i think the lucha libre style also uh helped in trying to establish the phx because as a mid-card championship so i didn't i i knew in the month that i wasn't main event level just yet so uh me hanging around the phx championship was i think just pretty much natural all right. Okay. Um, from there, you actually developed a following of sorts. You know, the, the Shang Daughters and the Sand Daddy Chants that echo throughout every PWR show. So my question for you is, as an innocent bystander in the audience, how did that happen? Where did the, where did the chants come from? And Tumatawa si Stan in the background, for those of you that are on Spotify. But uh, I'm sure he has something to say about this as well. But dito muna tayo kay Ro. How did that happen? Where did the sand daughters come from? How did sand daddy start? Okay, to be perfectly clear, uh, I never asked for any of it. I never asked for I never asked for a big following. <laughs> Why the fuck is Stan laughing like that? I don't know. Man. He's on. He refuses to. It, it's just hilarious. It's just hilarious. No, no, no. All right. I never asked for any of it. The, the daughters happened just because of one JDL joke. Uh, one JDL joke, if you will. Uh, 
JDL joked on Twitter one day that Sandata seems to be the kind of guy who has a lot of children. And then one of my <laughs> friends, yeah. One of my friends, I don't even I don't even remember how we all met, guys. I don't I don't even remember how y'all met me. And just one of my friends just started saying, just ca started calling me dad. And then they all banded together and called themselves daughters, or they just started calling me dad. And that's how it all began. And I never asked for any of it at all. Because the reason why I'm so, I'm putting this disclaimer is that a lot of people, are, there are some people who took it against me. Like uh, for some reason, uh, I paid these guys to be, I, I paid my friends to be in a, like I paid them to be my friends and to be my fans, but the truth is, I really did not. I really did not ask for that kind of following, and Fancy's uh, just using it in the background. No, because I, I I feel kind of strongly about it because they made a mockery of it. Some people made a mockery <laughs> of it, and I don't think neither of us deserved it. I don't think I deserve to be. I don't. I don't. I didn't deserve to be made fun of that. The people who were calling themselves the Shang daughters uh, deserved to be mocked like that. Dax didn't deserve to be mocked like that. So it was. There was some sort of mean spirited thing going on there. Ayon yung pamagitan tatay. I, I forced some people to be this uh, to be this devoted to me when it really wasn't. I just um, even up to now, I still kind of get uncomfortable with all the attention. But you know, I just let it slide because they're my friends. They're my good friends. So you you never knew any of the Shan daughters before no. the chat started happening. Yeah, I, I never um, I never was close friends with them until until they decided to you know become my quote-unquote daughters wow. yeah okay. some people assume the daughters are groupies and they were not trust me they were not uh i wouldn't i wouldn't stoop that low to make them groupies at all so okay. that's why i feel strongly about it okay cool okay so now that you've unmasked um and subsequently resigned uh from pwr you know is wrestling with a mask still something that is available to you or moving forward are you gonna wrestle without one are you gonna ask me uh why i unmasked <laughs> yeah it's, you know, that's a, actually a better question to start with okay i unmasked because even though people thought the mask was cool um i was starting to get really really tired of it like uh, it was a hassle getting new masks. It was a hassle keeping the mask together and not, you know, I said the mask is falling apart, to be honest with you. Uh, it's not pro-grade. It's not the kind of mask that um, other wrestlers around the world would wear. And it was really getting to be a hassle. I wanted to show my face. I wanted to show uh, my emotions using my face. That's why I made a mask that had my mouth, in, uh, that, that displayed my mouth, right? Um, I really wanted to retire the mask as soon as possible. So the truth is, come on, JD. The, my winning smile was already seen in my recent masks. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, 
I was getting so tired of the masks and I wanted to uh, I wanted to get rid of it that the plan was to unmask at what was supposed to be this year's path of gold. Uh, we were supposed to have a big um, big segment with the entire MSG and I was supposed to I was supposed to make a huge announcement and that huge announcement was that I was holding myself back this whole time and I wanted to make a new change, boom, unmasked. That's what I really wanted to do. And uh, the Rona robbed me of that moment and it robbed one. And since uh, we never know when I'm gonna start, um, when we're gonna get back in the ring, uh, that's why, uh, that's the reason why I just unmasked on Instagram. Uh, am I going back to it? Uh, at this point, at Siguro, I'm only gonna wear the mask for entrances the way Andrade wears his little somber mask during and during special entrances. Uh, reverse, probably, reverse dark like, order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably just that's probably what I'm gonna do. All right. Okay. Uh, last few questions here on my end. Unless there more questions in the comments. Uh, marami questions in comments. You should check. Yeah, actually, marami. <laughs> Actually, nagahang kaya kaya ako tinatanong kasi nagahang yung stand. Wanna check it out? Nagahang yung feed ko dito. Eh. My internet can't handle it right now. Nagsaya yung watch party ko, eh. so I couldn't read it. Yeah, no worries. Uh, do you want me to get a question from the listeners? Okay, kasi tatlong questions lang kay. Yeah, sure. and it's it's that it's like the big question that everybody wants to know. So yeah, sure. You do that. Uh, GCP asks where you got your masks and how did you make that contact. Um, okay, uh, my first masks were made by uh, my girl, my ex-girlfriend, the share. Um, she knew how to sew, so we bought cloth and she made the masks. Um, she also designed the masks, and uh, until such time, I don't know, we broke up, sadly, we broke up, and then I had to find someone, someone else to make the masks. Uh, for, so a small, for, <laughs> for a short time, uh, the infamous Magikarp masks were made by a contact uh, shared with me by MWF uh, owner Tarek El Tayech. So okay. uh, when I appeared for MWF, uh, he had a mask person and nagpagawa ako from her. So the three. Um, the three weird looking masks that you saw at that point in 2018, I think, that was all from the uh, MWF contact. Uh, um, I stuck with those masks because uh, I don't know. I just wanted to because I just wanted to try something different. And I didn't think that, I didn't think that they were too bad. It's just that they were just of a weird material. And then the latest masks were um, were were made by this cosplayer, uh, by this by this person who makes who makes costumes for cosplayers. So I was introduced by a friend, and honestly, they were the best masks I had ever had. They were not yet like the pro grade masks that you know that wrestlers um, that wrestlers in other countries have, but they were the best looking ones. Um, there were there were offers for me to have professional grade masks made, 
but they were honestly just too expensive. Yeah. All right. So the, the, I couldn't afford them. One of the one of the hard parts of you know being a wrestler from the Philippines is that the really good gear is really expensive. And the shipping thing. Eto, a question from Slickmaster. Of all your opponents, who do you consider your most memorable or favorite rival? Okay, uh, my most memorable rival is one of my first uh, legit rivals, Chino Ginto. Kasi our matches with Chino uh, were the ones that pretty much propelled us into the stratosphere, I would say. Right. Man, ba? Yeah, Menopa. Uh, right. From GCP then, how did it feel to be the last among the wrestlers who started uh, from the first couple of years to hold the championship? At first, I kind of was a little bitter about it. Like, Not that much super bitter, but I was definitely tracking people. Like, okay, this guy got a championship before I did, and I, I started before he did. But I always had the mindset, looking back, that, if I didn't have a championship yet, and this is tied into um, Lance's minor comment that I should have had at least one PHX championship reign back then, uh, I always rationalized within myself that I didn't get championship opportunities because I wasn't ready. Just I was I just wasn't ready uh, uh, skills wise. I wasn't ready experience wise. Uh, I didn't think that I would have been. The perfect guy to be a champion if we did that before I became a champion earlier this year. You know, rationalized I wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready, wasn't ready, wasn't ready. This episode is brought to you by Podmetrics. Podmetrics is a podcast analytics platform that enables podcasters to see all the relevant data they need to know about their podcast's audience. Sign up now at podmetrics.co and use the referral code RESTING2XPOD. Again, the code RESTING2XPOD. All right. Ito, um, here's something that Chino wasn't able to touch on, but I've been wanting to, uh, to to talk about, I think, for for about half a year now because we mentioned this um, off the record. Uh, I want to get into the anxiety behind uh, first being inside the mask and then behind the curtain because we, we, we've had conversations about this, right? Uh, um, we, we deal with our mental health and we channel it in different ways. Like in my case, like my anger issues, I take it out on the Mr. C character. Like that's uh, that, that's how I channel out a lot of my anger, diba. But in your case, I know you deal with your anxiety, and you've been open about about yours as well. Um, how does being in wrestling help you deal with that anxiety? And has being in has being in wrestling helped or worsened it? Actually, it made it worse. I'll, I'll be honest with you, completely honest with you. It made it super worse because. I have this. I have stage fright of the worst level. I've been a performer uh, since I was what nine years old, ten years old, and each time uh, I have always experienced a terrible, terrible form of stage fright. Um, whenever I'm in, whenever uh, before I get out in the ring, I am the worst case of nerves. I am super bad and. Uh, uh, my body reacts to it in such terrible, terrible ways that um, leaving uh, PWR was a great relief to me because I would never have had, like, to me, 
it was you know the end of um, the end of all those anxiety attacks before I go out to you know. and uh, whenever I go out to the ring, I would get so I would I would get so worked up that I would get gassed really early, no matter how good my conditioning is, and and you know I have decent conditioning, and um, it just really made it worse, man. Uh, I hate to say it, but it is uh, it is what it is, and I'm so glad to be out of it for the time being. And actually, no, um, it was really bad to say as a singles wrestler because I knew. As a singles wrestler, I was all I had to depend on. Like I had me, and I had the other guy, and all all the different scenarios were in my head. Like, could I could I get a good match? Could I remember all my spots? Could the other guy remember all their spots? Uh, is it going to be good? Were the was the audience going to laugh at me? Were they going to laugh at my gear? Am I going to fuck up in the ring? Jesus Christ! All these different thoughts in my head. Um, uh, running through my head, and that's what really triggered the anxiety so bad. And uh, it got better when I get when I got back into it into uh, a tag team with MSG. Uh, I had Max out there who had my back. I got you out there who got my back. Uh, we were all coming out together. I was not alone. I was not alone uh, coming out to the audience, and that just made it better. Honestly, uh, it made it a thousand times better. Sometimes. Um, I still felt my uh, I still felt my anxiety, especially for bigger matches. But uh, being with MSG made it a whole lot better. All right, now I'm gonna hijack uh, this interview for a minute. And since you mentioned that you experienced anxiety right, during your performances, and you just had to learn how to get over it, uh, you've actually performed abroad, right? You yeah. you were one of the first. You're the only Filipino wrestler to perform in Harbin, China, of all places. No, it's So, so and then you got to perform in Singapore as well. Can you tell us the differences with performing abroad versus performing for local crowds? And well, how did you find out about you know opportunities outside the country? Well, the crowds there definitely are 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 different because they don't know you at all. Like uh, the way I got myself booked in other promotions is I pretty much had to go after it as opposed to some of our other, uh, to some of my fellow wrestlers here where uh, they got enough buzz to uh, get attention from other promotions. So I had to go out there and make myself known to these people. And it's different because uh, they don't know you and um, the promotions won't always invest the time and effort to get the crowd to know you, to get their home crowd to know you. So that's the difference there. What I learned is that I just had to give it my all. Man. I just had to give it my all to make sure that they knew me, to that they um, uh, got some sort of good impression from my work, or if at least uh, not the crowd, at least the wrestlers from the different um from the, from the promotions abroad. And I'm glad to say that I've made some good connections. I've made some good friends from the, from my time abroad. And uh, I could always rely on them if I ever need to. All right. Okay. Now, unless there are more questions from the comment section, let's jump right into the middle. Merda ba? 
Dami pa. Yeah, meron pa. Dami pa. You want to go through all of it? Sige. What's, please explain how your back got hella swole. Uh, I put on weight. I put on a lot of mass. That's pretty much it. Uh, I just really put a lot of weight. I ate a lot. I had to go through different phases. I had to go through a bulking phase. Then I uh, got a little, uh, got a little thinner, but never really lost the fat. So it's just a constant process of putting on muscle over the years. That's it. And good jeans, good back jeans. Uh, Jackie asks, "How did your former coworkers at Hinge find out that you were Sandata?" I forgot. I forgot. Um, Wait, lang. Di ba yung former coworker at Hinge? Or... Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I, I was posting some stuff, some PWR stuff, and I guess they saw it. So that's pretty much how they found out, I guess. <laughs> I like how she knows the answer to this question, and she asked it. This is what I no, I'm, I I think Jackie was was newer than some of the other oh, workers. Okay. It, okay, yeah, that yeah, I didn't yeah. know. Okay, so yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's that's about it from the comment section so far on my. Okay, episode. after an hour of questions about Romoran, let's jump right into the middle of why people what people really really. Oh, I want to know this. I don't know if people actually want to know, but I want to know this. Let's just. Why did you leave PWR? Okay, so um, for me, it was truly a long time coming, and Stan can attest to this. I wanted to leave PWR as early as hell, 2017, 2018. 2018, maybe 2018. Um, I wanted to take a break from wrestling because I had given so much of my time to it. I was, uh, what? I had a day job for five days out of seven. And then for this, for uh, on Sundays, I had to give my time, almost my whole day, to training. And every other Sunday, there was a show. And then I would get tired and I would get beat up. And it was really exhausting, man. Um, I wanted to just take a break and maybe, you know, find my love for it again. And... Um, I expressed this to Stan right before our big MSG push, for sure. Uh, I told him, I told him, I told Max, who was part of the booking team back then. I also told uh, John Sebastian, who was booking back then. I wanted to take a break. I told JDL that back then. I wanted to take a break. It wasn't because of anyone at all. It wasn't because of anything other than myself feeling burned out. Because I, I feel like I get burned out so easily that I just wanted to take a break. And then I just stuck with it because um, people were telling me that they were there, there were a lot of plans for MSG. And then that was also right around the time that Panzer was slated to join MSG. And to me, with all these plans, I, could, I felt like I couldn't leave, I couldn't let anyone down, especially when, when we, were such, we were in such a brink of, you know, I don't know, I wouldn't call it superstardom, but you know something big just something big and it would it would have been it would have been so terrible of me to not try and see where it went so i tried it and we got here uh it was good for sure it was good but i still couldn't shake off the fact the feeling 
that somehow I couldn't, I, that I wanted to leave. I wanted, I wanted to take a break. And fast forward to now uh, where um, we're all in lockdown and we don't know when wrestling is coming back to the Philippines ever. And uh, things happen, shit happen. I'm just going to say that shit happened. I felt like it was just the best time to leave and uh, put my worries behind, uh, not think about it for a while and, you know, not uh, not consider the fact that I have to um, spend a lot, spend my time and my body um, wrestling and feeling burnt out. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Uh, the 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 me the feeling of me wanting to go from such a long time ago was greater than whatever bullshit that happened recently. Sorry if that doesn't uh, if that doesn't uh, <laughs> answer what you want or you know that doesn't give you the answer that you want. Are you talking to me or the audience? Because I'm satisfied with that yeah. answer. You and the audience, Segura. But I was, yeah. Okay. I can attest to what Rose said because we, we had these conversations even as uh, he and Max were already teaming together. Like, nagsimula na, uh, I think this was right before we bought the rights to the song, uh, to Warning. Like, right before that, he was already telling me na, oh, by, by Revolution X 2019, I'm going to take a break. So even yeah. at that point, na MSG was already a thing. Uh, he was he was still considering he still had one foot out the door. So here I was thinking, okay, if you take Ro out, you put Panzer in. My tag team pa rin ako. Alam so in my head I was still thinking like how how can we make this act work even if Ro, who was originally part of it, wasn't gonna be there. Okay, so are we gonna write you off? Are you gonna come back at some point? We were we were thinking about all these things. So uh, yeah, um, just to add lang to to Ro's cuento. And then shout out uh, to, to Glendale and to Lex, uh, who who are are huge fans really appreciate pala that uh, you know the work we put out there and us making fools of ourselves from time to time made a mark on you guys oh thank you guys thank you so much for loving MSG um, I'll be honest with you uh, I after our match at Revolution X I told you I wanted to stick around I wanted to stick around because we got such great heat at that show um, the the audience participate. The audience love pretty much reinvigorated my spirits to make me go on a few more. And um, I wish I could say that you know, I wish I could say that you guys kept me going further. But uh, I just couldn't deny the feeling that I was burned out deep inside. All right. So okay, you start. Stan, do you want to say something? Okay. So you started with saying that you just wanted to take a break. And yet now here we are with you um, officially being, uh, officially leaving para PWR. Was, was the effect of the burnout that drastic that you decided to walk away entirely? And does this mean that you are done with the wrestling period? Uh First question, yeah, um, I wanted to go. I just wanted to go uh, and not think about, you know, being a wrestler and being a performer. Um, over uh, over the past year or so, I realized that I really enjoyed training people, and uh, I realized that if my wrestling career were to be cut short. 
and all I had to do with wrestling was train people, help train people, maybe with JDO or with whoever, uh, I would be entirely satisfied with it. All I wanted to do was train and train others. And that made me content. Uh, I didn't want to have to think about performing. I didn't want the anxiety that came with performing with, uh, I didn't want the pressure that came with doing my best in front of crowds. I just wanted to train. So maybe um, if wrestling ever comes back to the Philippines, if we're ever allowed to wrestle again here, uh, I would be in a limited role. I would be in the wrestling business in a limited capacity. I want to spend my energy uh, helping mold new wrestlers, helping train new wrestlers, helping impart what I've learned uh, over six years. And believe me, six years is not enough. It is not enough at all to teach to uh, to teach people. And uh, but I just want them to have like a solid foundation of what uh, the same solid foundation I have now. Um, I want them to know what we know from, you know, meeting with all these wrestlers from around the world. And uh, I want I want them to be able to say that, oh, I um, I was trained by Santata, by Romaran. And it was a good training experience. <laughs> Imagine if you went with Alamid, people saying <laughs> I was trained by Alamid. By Alamid. <laughs> all right I, th that does it for all my questions thank you so much for answering all right all right uh saying what's up to neil cuenca uh another another fan of msg somebody who uh also appreciates your thoughts and insights nero on on burnout and how it can be real um you know i i think it's also also helpful to talk about your anxiety something that ro shared diba um, and, and everybody who's ever been in the PWR locker room and MWF locker room or any locker room for that matter, you know, they, they know what that anxiety is like. And um, some people welcome it. Some people have a hard time uh, combating it. You know, um, ako for my part, I loved it because I knew what was going to happen. Uh, I knew what was going to happen afterward. And like there was something exhilarating and thrilling about putting yourself out there, you know. But that's something that I can't expect everybody to share. Uh, I just want to touch on you know, uh, want to touch on one thing that hasn't been asked tonight: uh, the origin of weird sandata, and that's something that the roster oh. uh, used to name you whenever you'd come out doing the the funny dance during the MSG entrances. So, so where, where did weird sandata come from? That was just me trying to piss people off. Um, I wanted, uh, no, the early years of Sandata kasi were me trying to be this Angas Paku uh, comic book character, and it just wasn't taking because I couldn't realize, I couldn't figure out how to maintain character uh, the entire time. Uh, maybe I just wasn't that good of an actor, so I couldn't figure it out. And then over time, I wanted to uh, uh, show more of my own personality uh, in the Sandata character. So that eventually the Sandata character was just me, the real me, but with a mask that looked cool. So <laughs> I've always, always wanted to dance to the ring. Like that is the one thing I have always wanted to do. Like uh, the gimmick I've always envisioned in my head 
like uh, in boot camp we have graduation shows and i did a gimmick for a graduation show where i came out to the backstreet boys and you got it going on and the whole time i was just fucking dancing <laughs> to that song yeah that's what i wanted to do i wanted to drink i wanted to dance uh dance my ass off to the ring so when the opportunity came uh when the opportunity came for me to start pissing people off as heel sandata in heel msg uh i knew that i could do this without you know thinking about whether it looked good for my character or whether it fit my character or whatever have you it just it was just me out there having fun and you know just not giving a fuck pissing people off yeah, that that was basically peak MSG, just us going out there having fun and pissing people off. That that was really it. Chino, okay, na? That was you. That you last question ko was literally my last question. So unless you right. have anything else to say, I guess that's it. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. okay. All right. All right. On that note, uh, thank you, Ro, for for you know being open and. Uh, sharing your story again. This was something I I've also wanted to do. So nung sinabi mo off the air last week, now oh yeah, I want I wanna finally get my story out there. I was like, yeah, fuck it, but let's let's fucking do it. So I'm I'm glad we finally had this. Um, thank you to all the listeners and all the viewers who dropped by with your questions and your comments. You know, um, it it made made this episode a little bit more lively, even though we're going a bit longer than usual and it's not our not our usual Kumu stream. So. Thanks to everybody for that. Wala tayong pulang kabayo eh. <laughs> oh, wala ngayon, wala ngayon. Walang halo-halo. But yeah, um I I I enjoyed it even though you know, I I was just um passively observing for the most part. Uh Steven's asking what's in store for us in the future. I don't know, man. Um all I know is I'm hungry for some chocolate. That's it. Uh, yeah. Got to eat some chocolate right now. Yeah, I could eat some chocolate right now. That that that's really it. Um, other than that, uh, we're going to be ending the episode in a few minutes. We got to get to our picks of the week first before we get out of here. So what are your picks, right, boys? Right. All right. Okay, I'll start. I'll start. Uh, last week, um, we had NJPW Strong. There was a match between Kenta, Jeff Cobb, uh, semifinals in New Japan Cup USA. And the winner was Kenta. And then it was... It wasn't your typical New Japan match because Kenta literally said that he's not out here to have good matches. He's just out there to win. And I totally respect that. And because it was a Kenta match, that's my automatic pick. All right. How about you, Chino? My pick actually comes over the weekend. The WWE uploaded a bunch of indie content onto the network. Now, I didn't get through all of it, but your boy did his homework and caught majority of Drew McIntyre, Drew Galloway's Best of Evolve. Um, and it actually helps you understand how McIntyre went from being a jobber in the WWE to being where he is right now. It's a great retrospective of his life. And if you couple that with the 24-7 episode he had, you understand how his full evolution pardon the bun can actually you know it works it works it makes so much sense if i had to pick one match out of that two hour plus show so i'll pick the all-star match uh, as i would call it between drew galloway 
Johnny Gargano versus Chris Hero and Tommy N, now known as Ooh. Alistair Black. Um, it was yeah. a essentially all star all star game show. Is this on the free tier of the network? I do not know because I'm still on the paid tier of the ah, network. Okay. Okay. I think I think it is on the free tier. Okay. I think I we'll remember reading something about that. Pero yeah, so check it out. It's a very good match. At one point, things break down. It's very entertaining, um, and that's my pick. Okay, Stan. All right, uh, my okay. Uh, my pick of the week is uh, MJF's promo from AEW uh, this past uh, this past week, where yung yung camera angle nakatutok sa kanya pa uh, uh, He, he was, was mocking John right? Moxley, and he was mocking. F- uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he he was lying down on the mat and and he was mocking John Moxley and everybody who ever put him over. Na parang oh, sanay ka naman, diba? That people are talking to you na ganito or that, that people are laying down for you. So I'm gonna put myself here. So I'm in a position that you're familiar. Blah blah blah. It was very meta and very nuanced. And uh, somebody made a comparison. Uh, I forgot if it was like Brian Alvarez or Meltzer or whomever. Na si MJF right now is like The Rock in 1999. Uh, with with the caveat that MJF had nothing going for him, no familial okay. connections. Or, before, or I, before, before you continue, that that quote is fake. Yeah, it's not a real quote. They've proven it not to be a fake quote. Oh, okay. Oh shit. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know. Sorry, sorry about that. So thanks for thanks for calling it out. But yeah, um, I'm I'm just really happy that we have an MJF in 2020. You know, somebody who really makes me enjoy current wrestling as much as I enjoy backtracking and and just watching a lot of the good old stuff from the good old days on on uh, Twitch. Uh, but as uh, Vinny Massaro, formerly of Lucha Underground, said on Twitter, uh, moving forward 10, 15 years from now, there will be a generation of fans who will look back on the lockdown era as the greatest era in professional wrestling. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, you never know, right? You never know. It actually could happen. Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely conceivable. So, you know, I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there, right? Uh, before we get out of here, we got to let you know, by the way, that we have a Kumu giveaway that is still ongoing. And if you want to participate, then we are giving away the following prizes. So first prize, we've got an iPad Pro 2020 up for grabs. Second prize, you've got a DG Osmo Pocket. And we were giving away five pairs of the AirPods 2 for third prize. Thanks, by the way, to Babyface producer Nikai for pulling up our visual aids. Now, here is how you can win these prizes. Number one, just download the Kumu app and follow all of the accounts that are on your screen right now. Siyempre, kasama kami dyan at Wrestling Wrestling Pod. And there are 11 other accounts that you can follow right now. So take a screenshot of this or use your phone and take a photo of it para ma-follow nyo lahat. Number two, follow at Podcast Network Asia and at Podmetrics on Instagram. Importante rin yun. Bakit? Kasi number three, we need proof via screenshots that you're following all of these accounts and you have, you have to send a DM to the at Podcast Network Asia Instagram account and this will serve as your entry. So please, as soon as you follow, do not unfollow because we'll be checking everything. And your accounts must be public to join the giveaway. So no fake or throwaway or ghost accounts or giveaway accounts. Maraming giveaway accounts for years. Maraming ganon. So if you have a giveaway account or if your account is a giveaway account, uh, too bad. And the draw will take place in less than two weeks, August 31, 2020. And so a reminder oh. that uh, this giveaway is not associated with Apple 
DG or Instagram and you have to be at least 13 years of age to be part of this promo. And the winners pala will be announcing not on August 31, but on August 28. So now you have nine days to get on this promo. So get on it and get on it stat. If you didn't, um, if you didn't uh, get to cap- capture the, uh, the the list of accounts you have to follow, we have the we have the number of uh, we have all the list of all the accounts you need to follow on our Instagram. So just look up Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Look for the uh, uh, July twentieth post to find out which accounts you need to follow. All right, uh, it's all there. Everything you need to know is right there. Okay. Uh, uh, again, before we get out of here, shout out to Camus. Send him some love at Caveman Camus. Do check on him, especially if you're his friend or his his Twitter friend. Right. Uh, just you know, say hi. Tell him you miss him, and uh, we're looking forward to having him back on the podcast sooner, hopefully, rather than later. As oh, for us, we are calling this. <laughs> we are calling this uh, extra. Wait, love I wanted to say, especially night. since we're not having guests. So she's the next guest. <laughs> Rafael Camus on Grab Camus the next week on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Na, na lang, na lang natin. Uh, for those of you who love your stickers on Instagram stories, we're about to release the official Wrestling Wrestling yes. Podcast Instagram hey. stickers. So watch out for that. Shout out to our Podcast Network Asia family yes. for putting that together. And uh, we're also going to be celebrating Podcast Network Asia's uh, first anniversary. So there. Uh, Happy we're about birthday. to turn one year old as a network. And that is happening towards the end of the month. So the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast and all the other shows from the new shows to the OG shows. We're coming together with something really, really huge. And we're excited for you to be part of that as well. Now... On behalf of Chino Liao and Ro Moran, thank you so much for joining us for another live episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify. Follow us on social media at wrestling 2 Pod or at Wrestling Wrestling Podcast for Twitter, Instagram, respectively. Individually at Caveman Camus, at Chino Supersized, at Ro Is War, and at underscore Stan. See, that's it for this episode. We're done. We're out of here. <laughs>